You're listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you so much for joining us. This week, Vanessa Maria is our guide as we take a listen to her conversation with DJ and radio personality Jaguar. Honestly, I was such a shy, introverted child and I never would have imagined that I would have done like an inch of, you know, like public speaking, DJing in front of crowds, creating initiatives. I think I secretly I wanted it, but I just felt like I just couldn't. And I think it's a process, but honestly, just take that leap of faith, be brave, back yourself and other people will start to back you too. Vanessa is about to introduce Jaguar in more detail. So I'll keep this short and just say that I am so delighted to have Jaguar on the exchange at such an exciting and significant stage in her career. She's worked unbelievably hard behind the scenes to get to this point and is bringing so much goodness to the electronic music community in the UK with her Future 1000 scheme, encouraging women and non-binary people into music, her Utopia Talks podcast, which focuses on the issues affecting the younger generation of electronic music lovers, and of course, her BBC Radio One show. Vanessa and Jaguar spoke about what true representation looks like to them. They shared thoughts on the MOBO Awards relationship to electronic music. And Jaguar shares her experience of growing up on the three miles squared island of Alderney. I hope that you have a wonderful listen to Jaguar on RA's Exchange. Hey, what's good? It's Vanessa Maria and I'm welcoming you back to RA Exchange and for today's episode we have the most wonderful and talented Jaguar. Jaguar is a broadcaster, DJ and journalist from London. Through her roles as a host of BBC Introducing Dance on Radio 1 and writer for the world's lead dance music magazine Mixmag, Jaguar has become the voice of the next generation of electronic dance music and a go-to tastemaker within the scene. She's also an active member of the LGBTQ plus community. She's launched her own party brand Utopia and together she creates powerful, colourful and friendly sounds for everyone and inclusivity and welcomeness for all. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for the intro. It's <laughs> lovely. Um, and I'm not like, normally I'm the one interviewing people. So I'm a bit like, a bit shook right now. <laughs> you're in the other, yeah, the driving, <laughs> you're not in the driving wheel. <laughs> oh God. No, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Um, I've just seen you just come back from festivals, broadmasters. How does it feel to be back in the swing of it and doing the things that you, that you love? Yeah, um, it's a bit weird. It, it's fun. And when you're in a festival, you're like, I'm at a festival, it's been a while. But it, I'm still a little bit like in COVID mode in terms of like my energy, like my staying out power is a bit, is a bit low, I need to work on that. Um, but I mean, it's amazing like being amongst people again and playing to crowds, it, it, 
it does feel great. I'm just easing myself in. I was saying that I'm off to a festival this weekend. So. <laughs> you're full, you're going, you're full steam ahead. Um, but one thing that I've definitely noticed is that even though while we haven't been DJing out, you have still stuck onto your mission, um, your gender equality mission and um, your overall vision of utopia. So whether it's a podcast, a club night, um, whether you're hitting, um, heading up like a DJ training program, which I want to get into Future 100. I want to start about the beginning. So where did your overall vision of Utopia come from? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it's a lot of things. I think I never, when I first started DJing and, you know, just getting into radio and wanted to take this seriously when I was about 18, 19, I was at uni. Um, you know, I didn't consider any of those things. I was just young and just loved music and did it because I loved it. Um, I th and I think it sort of became clearer in my like, early 20s, you know, just, just, just simply, you know, experiencing the world as, you know, me and, you know, not seeing many black women or mixed race women or brown women or Asian women or women, <laughs> you know, in uh, prominent places in, within dance music, within music. Um, and you know representation of queer people wasn't it wasn't really there and I don't know I think it just really honestly just happened naturally to, like to lead to what I'm doing now where representing these different types of people is at the heart of what I do I think it was always there and I feel yeah really grateful that I'm able to have a mission overarching everything I do because it, it's what gets me up in the morning you know, yes, I'm ambitious as well. And what gets me up as well is I want to succeed and do new things. But I also want to bring people through, whether that's new artists, whether that's black people and people of colour, um, and just make the world, you know, truly a better place. Because I think the, the best lineup, the best anything is going to be a diverse one because you're going to have different sounds, different energies. And it's, I just think that's where we need to go. And I suppose that is like my utopia, which is my club night. But also that is genuinely what I'm trying to achieve. And what does representation mean to you then? Because you mentioned how it makes a lineup more diverse and better and you also f fill that in with your Utopia Club Night. Mm. What does it What does it mean to you like when you think of representation and what is true representation? Because I feel like a lot of conversations are um, quite tokenistic, mm. especially when we talk about like um, lineups or people saying that you only got booked because X, Y, Z, you're a woman. Like what, what does true real represent representation look like for you? Yeah, I think it's, it's just when it's done authentically, you know, you're not being placed anywhere because you tick a box. And you know, I've had that, I'm sure a lot of people have had that and it's, it's not a nice feeling as well. And you're like, why am I here? Like this isn't done in the right way. So I think true representation is literally, you know, a whole, authentically curated lineup and then it's also reflected in the fans and the crowd and the people who subscribe to that brand or whatever and you know I think it, it does take time but I just think it's I just don't think it's like I can't stand for seeing things now that are just catered to one audience because we've seen throughout time and especially over the pandemic period as well like that you know, it, things do need to change and there are other audiences out there and then there are other artists out there and we need to look sideways. And, you know, even if you are like a cis white man, doesn't mean you can't do your part as well. You know, I, I work, my manager, Owen, is an amazing guy and he his ethos is just to help people and bring them through. And we do so much together. And, you know, like anyone can be part of this journey. So, 
you know, I think anyone who works in whatever industry, I think you really can help the world and other people just by, yeah, looking sideways, being like, do I have a diverse enough workforce or lineup or whatever? And just seek out those people because they are there. I love that. And I think that's exactly right. You need to figure out like what your role is um, and what your strengths are and how you can support people around you. Because mm. that's what it sounds like your relationship with your manager is. Um, how has your identity impacted your journey in music? Yeah, I think lots of different aspects of my life have affected, yeah, where I'm going. I mean, I'm, I'm 26 now, so I'm still like learning who I am, I suppose. We all are in a way. Um, but I grew up in the Channel Islands on this very small island called Alderney where there's 2,000 people. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I come from a very small remote place um, and, you know, I've, have, I've, have, I've kind of moved around a lot um, when I was younger. So I kind of, like, I was quite a shy kid. So um, I actually went to boarding school when I was 10 because where I'm from, the schools aren't amazing my mum was like she my mum wanted me to be like a lawyer or a doctor oh. she's like you will have a great education like <laughs> strong-willed Ghanaian lady um and you know but she kind of because I, I was quite a shy kid when I kind of went around and had to be away from my parents and travel and make new friends I kind of had to learn how to be around people and learn how to be a bit more just open I think and Looking back, I think that was actually a really formative experience for my life because now I feel like I'm very accept well I'm very accepting and open minded. I think that has really helped. And I think coming from a small place, I'm you know, I'm not from London. I I never like grew up with things on my doorstep. So I'm also very conscious of giving back to people who might not have opportunities where you're from a like a bigger place. And then yeah, being queer, I think again like you just when you're like or, or even like growing up, in, growing up in a predominantly white area as a mixed race girl like you are aware of your difference and um I've always wanted to you know meet other people who I can share aspects of my identity with them and I just like to have a whole mixture of people and friends around me as well and I also want to touch on like the music that you play and um, also like a piece that you wrote um, around MOBO and representation, mm. which is predominantly like, I guess, R&B, hip hop and rap music, yeah. which people see as black music. Yeah. Um, but all music is black music. And um, I know that for your final Utopia podcast, you wanted to highlight that and you, you mm. talked about that. Um, how how has your the music that you play impacted your, I guess, sense of self and especially your sense of self within black spaces and white spaces? Mm, that's, yeah, that's really good question um because when I first started DJing the amount of people who would just assume that I played hip-hop and R&B and grime and I was like no I play electronic music house and techno and they're like what like some people look really? at you they can't comprehend like you're not Doesn't gonna play sense. I know she's <laughs> light-skinned I know it does <laughs> anyway so and, and you know what in truth as well like when I you know when I was like 18 like properly getting into like clubbing and immersing myself in, and learning about the history of dance music. You know, I didn't know the actual origins when I was starting out, that it came from black people, people of color, Chicago, Detroit, you know, the queer communities. I didn't know that story. Cause you know, if you just like Google a DJ, you're gonna see like David Guetta and Calvin Harris and all those guys, you know, who in their own right are successful and great, but it's like the history mm. needs to be like shouted about more and I think a lot of like modern day dance fans probably might not know the history 
of who it comes from and where it comes from and it needs to be cherished and respected and but what i find interesting about like the mobos um how they're spotlighting yeah like your your big genres your afro beats your r&b your hip-hop but there's no mention of electronic and i just think especially today like it, i just feel like it's so like how can it's called the music of black origin awards and it's like how can you ignore music that literally is of black origin like invented black. by black people and it is mad and i think there's a lot of work to be done yeah ac across the sphere really within different communities about um just reclaiming and just highlighting the roots of of electronic music i think it's really important because then also like you know black artists coming through or djs coming through can look back and be like oh i didn't know that house mm. was created in, you know, in chicago by black people and I just think it's really important for people to see that because well then it will trickle down into the new generation coming through. 100%, it's your space and it has always been because sometimes mm. it can feel like it's not meant for you or if you look at the representation within club settings or like what you mentioned audiences as well, you might be thinking, oh, like I'm not welcome here, which is, which is funny because when you look, as you said, when you look at the history, actually mm. it does come from black people. But also like, thing is dance music is like it's, it's togetherness like yeah. it shouldn't be and i don't view it that way at all it shouldn't be like a, a colored thing like music you know whoever mm. you are you should be able to make whatever music or listen to whatever music you want to and i feel like in a way maybe society is a bit like you listen to this music because you're black <laughs> you listen to this because you're white but that's ridiculous because music mm. is music music is, is universal mm. it's, um, language of love yes as people like to say <laughs> <laughs> um we mentioned like there's work to be done but what do you feel has already been achieved? Do you feel that like there has been progress? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think certainly in the last few years, like there's definitely been more conversations about gender and safe spaces and inclusive club nights, like getting quite a, a spotlight, um, you know, and just conversations about having, um, like the importance of having places where people do feel spa uh, safe, mm -hmm. Um, you know, where there can be like a Pussy Palace night, which is where people of colour, queer people of colour can feel safe or having like, you know, events where trans people can feel safe or having events where anyone can go, just turn up and enjoy. You know, I think it's important to have different areas and respect those different areas. Um, and I think throughout the pandemic as well, like there's been a lot of conversations about diversity and representation after Black Lives Matter and stuff. And I feel like it really was a turning point, I think, Within this, within society and the world, I hope, and I, I'm still seeing like, I'm definitely noticing a lot more like diversity in what I see within dance music still. Um, so I do hope that now that the cogs of the world are moving a bit more and we're back in clubs now, at least in England, um, that yeah, we'll continue to see the diversity and actually have authentic representation but I feel like some festivals are still like catching up with previous years lineups so I, f I do feel like it's going to take a few years before the conversations we're having are going to be visible in clubs we'll see I hope so mm. it must happen like it's not even a case of like I feel yeah. hopeful though I do I do, I do. I'm, I'm the optimist I'm an optimist but I do feel like we're getting somewhere and it's I, I think I think talking and like having conversations, like this is why I started a podcast, Utopia Talks, like having conversations is so important, but amplifying them 
and thinking and reading and chatting to your friends and sharing information, I do think it really does make a difference because that's how I learn. Like I live, I live for conversations like this. Yeah. And I think they do make a difference. A hundred percent, because it trickles, as you said, trickles on. And then I'll be talking to my friend, but oh, you know, I did this talk and yeah. you know, yeah. it, it pushes people to be better. Mm. I also want to talk about like equality because um, I, I, I used to work as a um, student representative and we did a lot of work around like equality and um, like m- pushing, you know, to, for change and, and better, um, a better world. I think one of the most interesting conversations I've had was um, the difference between like equality and equity. Um, and I wondered if like you've had any discuss- like thoughts around that and um, basically the idea of that, um, you know, equality means that an individual group of people is given the same resources or opportunities, but equity recognizes that each person has different circumstances and allocates the exact resources and opportunities needed to reach an like equal outcome. So there's a really cute um, like illustration where people are like picking um, like fruit from a tree. Um, and then one person has like a, a shorter ladder because they, they already have some apples and then someone's given like a bigger ladder because they need to like, you know, they need to hurry up and get some more because it's not it's not fair right here. Um, and I always I always think about that and I like I always think about what what is what is equity and how is it different from equality and um, what does that mean in dance as well in dance music like um, I don't, I'm not sure if you have any thoughts mm. on that. No, yeah. I love that. Um, I think I've seen the illustration that I could I could imagine. I think I've seen that. Um, yeah, it's a really good point. I think you know we're, we're all out here trying to live our dreams, right? And I think it's great to have dreams it's great to be ambitious and it's great to just follow them and see where it takes you in this world um you know whether that's you just want to play music and be a dj and have the best time or you want to represent and do you know whatever it is like amazing and go for it um i think it's just if you can just be aware of you know what is really happening in the world and you know i say this because again like five years ago i literally i didn't really read the news i didn't really care about whatever it's just out having a great time you know what I mean me too like and that's great but I think as I've got older I come so much more aware of the realities of the world and they are some of them are quite bleak if I'm honest so like just being aware you know if you are I don't know if you come from a place of privilege like use your voice and your platform to bring other people through who might not have had the start in life that you have or the advantages you have and you know I come from a place of privilege like I come from quite a weird small pirate island that called Alderney but you know it's quite like a middle class place I'm not going to pretend that I grew up like in a you know in a in a, in a bad place like it's a weird place but it's, it's I had like a decent start in life I was very lucky and just drawing on my experiences you know from my um mixed race identity from being a woman from being queer like I really I feel like I have these different intersections that make me me and I want to use my platform that I'm lucky to have built and have to support other people. And I think we could all do that in in different aspects. And I think we should all just give each other a chance. You know, I think we need to work together. That's what we need to do. Whoever you are, doesn't matter, just get together. I think we should all, if we all have the same mission, um, which is just making the world a better place, then surely it's simple, right? No, that's that's how it should be. Should be simple. That's how it should be. <laughs> we solved it. That's we it. done. We done it. We're done. We saved the world. Tick. I wish, but um, it's as you said, it's conversations like this, and you talk a lot about gender equality, mm. future hundreds, mm. 
Future 1000. Future 1000, sorry. An amazing initiative, um, which you helped launch this year. Mm. A training program to help more young women get into the electronic music industry. Um, You have people like Jotty um, on board. Mm -hmm. Um, There's production courses. Um, There's also courses in presenting. What are your hopes for the Future 1000 initiative? Yeah, so this, this is sort of from my, my, like my mind in the pandemic. So where are we at? We're at end of 2020. Yeah, so we've had like almost a year of just working at home. Like I was very ha- lucky in the pandemic that I launched um, BBC Introducing Dance from Radio 1 in April of 2020. So I had a focus every week, which was to bring through new dance music on Radio 1, giving people their first Radio 1 plays, um, which is the biggest joy ever. I can't even tell you, like to be able to make someone's week by, you know, giving them play on national radio and giving them, you know, people, I see people go on to get signed or go on to remix other artists I've played or we've, we've built this like community around the show and I'm really proud of that. And it's, yeah, that definitely gets me up in the morning. I love that. But so through the pandemic, I was really lucky to have had that focus and then kind of towards, yeah, towards the end of 2020, I was like, right, I want to do something alongside it. I feel like I've, Got I got that I got oh my god got other ideas and um, I actually did like a virtual conference for new artists um, called Utopia Talks in um, in partnership with Future DJs which are a music education initiative based up in Nutsford in in Cheshire and um, I did yeah basically they've got amazing technology they have this virtuoso uh, virtual classroom which is kind of like spaceship you're stood in the center and then there's all these screens around you it's kind of like zoom but yeah zoom on a spaceship and it's, it's really cool technology so i did a conference with those guys which was really fun just to give artists a bit of inspiration and knowledge and stuff and then we just had a great connection and um i they were like we should do some other stuff together and then i thought what would just be a really cool thing to do that can help people so I feel like in 2020, I really found my mission of, I wanna help people and bring people through. That's I've really cemented that pure mission. And um, and then I think it was like on the drive down from the Utopia Talks session with my manager, Owen. And I was like, why don't we do like DJ workshops to get more like women and trans non-binary people into dance music because the stats are still pretty low. And what I liked about Utopia Talks is actually the audience was, I think it was 50-50 male, female, which was really nice to see. So I thought, imagine if we could do more things where that is the outcome. So basically through that whole process, Future 1000 was born and um, yeah, I came up with this idea to, we're we're helping 1000 girls, trans non-binary people between the ages of 12 and 18 to enter into electronic music and yeah, learn to DJ, learn how to make music with production software, radio, and just learn how the industry works. And the whole point to, um, the whole point of uh, doing it for that, that age group is, I remember when I was at school, like I didn't know you could get jobs in radio or become a DJ. No idea. Or any of these media jobs, PR, like, mm. you know, even music journalism really, I didn't really know how you'd do that. Mm. And so, by doing it from that age when you're at school it's kind of like you can start thinking about it and and I you know I hope 
by with the students who do the course so far and they've been amazing um we do like a monthly live session so that's what Jotty will be involved in we had Jada G come do a production breakdown of how she made both of us and like share her knowledge Baklava came on and showed us how she likes to DJ and, and sing as well and um, we've got Talia as well coming up so we do these monthly sessions and the students can get involved in the chat box and they just go crazy like they just they built they built a community as yeah. well they all chat to each other and it's been amazing to get to know them um and um i'm just really excited to see the outcome of this we're running throughout the whole year so if anyone listening if you are between the ages of 12 and 18 or if you've got a younger sister or a cousin or a daughter or whoever um please get involved because i think I, I just think, like, imagine if that had been around when we were at school. Honestly. Learn to been, DJ. I had no idea about anything. <laughs> the industry, I was like, my teacher's like, you can be an accountant. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really just hope it like inspires like the literally the, the next generation. And I think will, I hope, just help tackle gender inequality as well. Because it's still something like uh, 3% of production roles are women. And like, I think it's like 12% of songwriters, 15% of all artists are women. Imagine the stats for trans and non-binary people even lower. So it's like, yeah. I I just hope like this chunk of the population, you know, they love it, get into it. And mm. in the future, we'll help get those um, percentage levels up to 50 and, you know, we'll see. But yeah, it's been fun so far. It's been a lot of work, but I've loved doing it. And yeah, and future1000.org is if you want to, that's website address if you want to check it out if you get involved yeah pass it on you've mentioned that like, community as well and i love that because i feel like community that's what it's all about mm. um you whether it's forging a community on your introducing dance show on radio one or this new what future 1000 initiative what does community mean to you it's a good question yeah i, I use the word a lot don't i community i think i think it, it means a lot of things like having your people you know like your crew like I've got like these certain I've got my little whatsapp groups where I've got like I've got my like my girls who I DJ with and you know something happens and like this happened today and they're like you know what I mean like having yeah. your crew who yeah. you can rely on get feedback from have honest conversations with feel safe in the presence of and also they make you feel good they raise you up like it's so important to support your friends even if you know, they've released their first track or they've started a label or I don't know, they're a fashion designer and they're making their own clothes. Like it's so important because we need we need support. We need support systems. Um, and so I, I think that's what a community is. I think it's all of those things. And I'm like the biggest hype man for like everyone, <laughs> everyone I know, because I, I believe in people and it's and if you and you've got to believe in yourself and and even if you don't initially believe in yourself, having someone who does believe in you can like really go a long way. And I found that with some amazing people in this industry of like taking chances on me early on. And it's, it gives you confidence. Who has believed in you that has pushed you to be where you are now? Gosh, um, there's a lot of people and I'm I, a lot of amazing women actually. Like I, I, I think having the support of women has, has been hugely monumental like within radio i'd say annie mac's been mm. just great like i because I, I started at um the bbc as an intern when i was 19. oh no so, way yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't expect to get the internship i was still at uni i've been doing radio for like six months at, at student radio 
and then I applied for this internship somehow got it and I was just like right I need to move to London for like two months how am I gonna Anyway, but I did it and you worked, worked on loads of shows had a had a great time um, every picture of me I look very glazed and overwhelmed oh. <laughs> um, but I remember sitting in on Annie's Friday night show um, it must have been like 2014 and I was just like just soaking it all in and you know especially when you're it's so new to you and you're, you're young you like soak it all in like that, that was a really life-changing experience that internship um and then, yeah, just, I was such a big fan of hers and she used to just, we used to email a bit and she'd, she'd help me with, there was one time she, she was like, right, let's get a studio session in. So it was her, her producer, Kate, and then I think Clara Ampho turned up and I was just sat in the studio and they were just giving me all this advice because I was like, I really want to be a presenter. Like, how can I do it? Because I was doing a bit of production at the time as well. And, you know, they were just really generous with their time. And, um, also, the Blessed Madonna's been great as well. Um, so I actually did it um, in, what's it called? The Smirnoff Equalizing Music Campaign program in like 2018. Um, I was having a bit of a, like, just one of those periods where I was really doubting myself. Because mm. I just really, I, you know, my, at, the mo at that time, my mission was I want to get a radio show on Radio 1. I want to get good DJ sets and... I was having a period where things just weren't looking great. Like I'd done a few demos and stuff at Radio 1, but they didn't lead anywhere. I was like, where, how am I going to do it? And just, mm. you know, just feeling a bit bad. And then got into that scheme when I asked for Blessed Madonna to be my, my mentor. Mm. And then I got it. And I remember I was at Mixmag, actually. Uh, I think I was with Sherelle, actually, because she was working there at the time yeah, as well. Sure, yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, like showing her the email. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and then, yeah, the like week, few weeks after when I did it, I just having the support of, of Blessed Madonna, who was, you know, one of my favorite DJs. I love everything she stands for. And um, it just gave me so much confidence, mm. you know, like hearing someone mm. who's been in it for years, like being like, oh, you can do that. Or maybe you should try this. Or, you know, just mm. giving you that foundation, that support. Um, and you know, whenever I, I see her, like since then, she's just, she's amazing. She's given me some great opportunities. So has Annie and the AMP team, they've been amazing. And yeah, I just really appreciate how that helped me, just even just for my confidence, you know? Cause I think mm. after that, I was like, right, I can do this. And went on to do some great things from by having that self-belief. So yeah, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful. It's the confidence, it's that self-belief that's really powerful. Cause sometimes it's, the doubt that will just stop you yeah. it's not it's and everyone not, gets it. yeah you do i relate to a lot of what you're saying yeah. so um it's just really nice and empowering to hear you have gone through that and you're like you know oh, what God, yeah. i did it and you know <laughs> <laughs> i i mean I, I still you know i think everyone whatever level you're you're at as well like i think everyone has those periods of of doubt but you've just got to like always go back to your core and be like why do i do this mm. you know and that's that's what keeps me going personally you said that you're a hype man for loads of people. <laughs> and I feel like everyone is a hype man for you. Um, your BBC introducing show on Radio 1 is probably the most hype hype for everyone <laughs> that you can be because you are always saying such lovely things about people's music um, and just even seeing tweets about people being so grateful for you playing their songs. Um, it's beautiful to see. And your selection is always super diverse. You drop anything from UKG, mm. um, DMB 140, Break, um, 
electro, house, techno, whatever it is. How do you sort of decide what to play and where does the motivation and dedication come from to just continuously champion and empower other people's music? Okay, so the show, um, the way the show works is so it's a BBC introducing show. So if anyone doesn't know, BBC introducing is like the BBC's um, new music platform. It's been going since 2007. We have festival stages all around the world. And the way the music works is we have this big uploader system. So anyone can upload, just go on the BBC introducing website and you make a profile, say what genre it is, put the track up, bit of information. Etc. Um, so all the dance stuff comes to me in an inbox, and we've I've been working. Basically, the show has been a long time coming, so it's about a year and a bit old now, maybe a year and a half old. But like since I've, I've been involved with introducing for about five years, and um, in 2017 we did an introducing dance stage at Creamfields, and then we did an AD showcase as well, and and that's where we discovered uh, Prosper, who've obviously gone on to do amazing things. Um, but they're a great example of how introducing dance can work. And that was before we had the show, we basically like did a competition. Mm. And I actually met Harvey from Prosper like years ago on a night out in Canal Mills in Leeds. And then I remember we went to this like <laughs> weird after party and then it was 7 a.m. He was like, I just want to be a music producer, man. Oh. And I was like, I just want to be a Radio 1 DJ. Anyway, <laughs> we became friends and um, but when we were doing that, I was like, you have to upload, like make sure you get your music on because this could be like a life-changing thing. I remember Creamfields, um, it was Harvey and Ghostia and then Ghostia's mum like brought them to the festival. And then a few months later, they did the ADE showcase and did a live set. And then they had managers with them. And then like a year later, I think they brought up their trap prayer and um, it got like hottest record on Annie Mac's show. And the next thing they're signed to like um, Polydor and like, just they've had this huge journey. I'm not saying being signed to a record major label is for everyone's journey within dance music, but it's just such an amazing, inspiring journey of what um, introducing can do for an artist. So that's what we do What with the show kind of, yeah, with we kind of, it all led to the show basically. Like I was, we were getting so much dance music through. I was always sending stuff to like Pete Tong and Danny Howard and they were playing stuff. And so the show was a result of, yeah, that. And um so I go through the upload every week. We probably get about 500, 600 tracks um, Ooh, a week. A lot. It's a lot of music. <laughs> and then the show, yeah, I pick out, you know, what's, what's sounding good that week. And yeah, try and keep it, yeah, try and keep it like really interesting musically. Um, yeah, getting a lot of UKG, mm. which is really fun. Um, Coming back, yes. It really, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I, you know, try and make it, diverse as, as possible gender um sounds of you know different types of people and I, fa- I found it quite difficult at first with trying to get more women and non-binary producers because you know DJing is one thing but production is definitely so male dominated um but actually you know I try and make it as close to 50 50 as I can and like we've got a lot of women and non-binary producers out there who I've played and repeated to play and I see them grow and that's really exciting. From September, my show's moving to Thursdays at 10 p.m. Um, and we got a full hour of introducing dance. So yeah, it's gonna be just bigger and better from all Congrats, yeah, that's amazing, thanks. yeah. Should be good. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, really excited. Um, more guests and more music that we can play. So yeah, I'm delighted. 
I love the journey as well from intern to having your own show. What is one thing that you wish you knew about radio when you first started? Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know anything when I started. I kind of just, that was the beauty of student radio actually was just like, or like community or any, anywhere, but like just being so creative and figuring it out as you go along and messing up on air. And um, what do I wish I knew? Um, hmm. It's a hard one. It is. Maybe like, I think what I wish I knew is like, you don't have to like know everything about everything. Cause mm. no one really does. I think your passion for a track or, or whatever you're talking about, that I think is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And that is what comes across the best, I think. Sort and sweet, simple <laughs> and powerful. Cause yeah, I guess, I know me starting radio, I'm like, oh my God, I need to know like what label it was from and like who produced it? Was there a Japanese person? Mm. Um, was it was it in Japan? And like, where's the origins? And it can be quite overwhelming. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna take that advice as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your hopes for the future? We've talked a lot about what, you know, where you started, your mission statement, um, the things that you're doing now. Where, where, what's next? What's next for you? Next for me, God. Um, I think my ethos will probably always be the same. I'm sure it will develop and grow and manifest itself in other guises. Um, but yeah, for now, I really just wanna, you know, grow my influence, you know, on the radio and as, as a broadcaster and as a DJ in terms of, you know, what I stand for and, I want to keep bringing people through like it's so exciting to like hear music and discover something and help them help raise them and see the people you know I played a year ago and see what they're doing now and keep supporting them and you grow alongside each other as well like you know I mentioned Prosper who I've known for years but it's so nice to to have friends who you've been doing it together since the start mm -hmm. and you can see each other grow and um you know, give each other a leg up or I'll see them at a festival. Or it's, and I, I feel so lucky to have like a great network of friends in the industry as well. You know, like Helena Starr, Effie, Tisha, um, you know, just having like, I, I, I love that. I live for it, you know, Jakarta people. And I'm really excited to see where my generation goes to. And I feel like we're so conscious about the changes that we want to see and we're, and we're actively like making a change in, the decisions we make and um I feel really hopeful like in 10 years like I feel like it's going to be quite a different but but mm. exciting and better place because it's just going to look and sound different I don't know what it's going to sound like <laughs> in 10 years <laughs> yeah but, but I, f I feel really excited yeah I feel excited and I have like I'm getting excited from your excitement <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it um and finally for anyone who might be a future presenter or DJ and just wants to get into the industry what advice would you have for them what three pieces three pieces of advice would you have yeah my advice would be to one don't be afraid to ask questions or ask for help mm -hmm. or yeah anything like that because that's how you learn that's how I learn I ask so many questions I'm so annoying and <laughs> but I, I'm curious I think be curious is yeah I'd say that um I would say and also don't be afraid to reach out to people. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're starting out and you want to get into radio, 
um, you know, if, if you've got your favorite radio shows you listen to, like I'm sure you can find the producer or the presenter on Twitter or Instagram. And you'd be surprised if you reach out and say, hey, I'm a fan of the show. Like I'd love to shadow or meet up for a coffee or whatever. Like you'd be surprised that people do get back to you. And if they have time, they definitely will message you back and give you some advice. I, I try and give as much, like reply to people as much as I can on Instagram and stuff. Um, so yeah, just just reach out. And, and my final bet would be um, to believe in yourself. Believe in yes. yourself. Because I believe in you. And if you believe in yourself, you'd be surprised at what you can do. And, and, and it can be a process. Like I didn't, like honestly, I was such a shy, introverted child and I'd, I'd never would have imagined that I would have done like an inch of, you know, like public speaking, yeah. DJing in front of crowds, creating initiatives. I never thought I'd do it because I think I secretly I wanted it, but I just felt like I just couldn't. And I think it's a process, but honestly, the, the, just take that leap of faith, be brave, back yourself and other people will start to back you too. Thank you so much for joining us, Jaguar. That was beautiful. I feel like that was my motivation that I needed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really empowered. I hope everyone oh. listening is as well. Um, you've been listening to Aura Exchange. My name is Vanessa Maria and we've been joined by the wonderful Jaguar. Thank you. Thank you for listening to RA's Exchange with Jaguar and Vanessa Maria. Our full archive is available for you to take in. If you enjoyed this episode, you might like to listen to the lead vocalist of Jamaica's innovative Equinox Collective, Shanique Marie. That's available on all platforms right now. I'll have a new episode for you next week. Until then, take care.